Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. departure from the weather. Nicole's in the house from Wolf Point Produce. And first up on the line, it is Dave from the governor's office. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, Michelle. A week from today, I can actually go out and buy Halloween candy for trick-or-treaters. Why do you have to wait that long? I already bought like four bags. (laughs) How much is left, Michelle? Uh, So here's the deal. No one in their right mind will come trick-or-treating at my house because I have 62 stairs. And I turned the lights off anyway. But with that being said, I had one lonely girl, little girl, the cutest thing, come like five years ago to my house. And I had nothing. So I gave her an apple and she looked so pissed. Like I walked up all these stairs and there's no candy. What are you talking about? No, I bought the Halloween candy for our boardroom bowl at the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, considering now that we are home to... uh, now four different organizations the Builders Association, Grow Ketchikan and the Community Foundation I'm watching the stash of candy rapidly deplete itself What goes fastest? I'm a, I am a Whoppers Kit Kat guy Ooh, Whoppers, ugh yeah. No, not Whopper. I'm a, I'm a Reese's Kit Kat girl Okay what are you, right. what, Nicole, what are you? Wait, wait who's, who, yeah, there's, there's somebody else in the studio yep. Is that Nicole? Hi, um I'm all about the Reese's, definitely, but Skittles, I would do anything like that. What? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep, Starburst, Skittles, Jolly Rancher. Oh, you know, the, like the, the foodie stuff. You're a citrus candy person? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I do like the sour, what are they, the sour, sour. Worm, the worm, the sour worms and Jolly Ranchers. I like those, too. Yeah. I'm not a big candy person to begin with. It's every now and then I'll just have a, like a little candy bar binge. Yeah. It's in front well, of me. My youngest today, is, so. is declared herself too old to trick or treat, so she oh. and all of her post high school graduate friends are looking for Halloween parties to go to this weekend. So there will be no no big uh, you know you know doing the good parent thing of inspecting and making sure all of her candy is safe. So I'm entrusting my wife to buy the Halloween candy. So it'll probably be the citrusy stuff like Skittles and Starbursts and things like that. Because if we went my way. It'd be a big ass bag, a little Milky Way bars and Kit Kats, etc., and they'd never make it to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> or I was going to say, when you inspect your daughter's candy, there's two ways of parental inspection uh, the inspection where you're making it safe for your child, or the inspection so that you can pull out what you want to say for yourself. My dad did the latter, definitely. I think they're synonymous. And I grew up uh, in, in the late 70s and early 80s, so uh, my parents never looked at my candy at all because they thought, come on now. You can, you're gonna bite it. First of all, you'll never eat the apple, so if there's a razor blade in the apple, it, it'll go right to the dump because you're not going to eat that apple anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a Wolf Point apple, you'll eat it. Yeah, trust you me. know what? We need to send you, we need to send you, Nicole owns Wolf Point Produce here in Ketchikan, and we they do. bring in the most amazing different types of produce. Nicole, that that apple, what was that type of apple that you brought in that had the really bright color uh, inside last The Lucy Rose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so we're, well, we should mail an, a Lucy Rose How apple. How do you keep track of all Did of you that? Know? Aren't no there problem. like 20 different apples now, maybe more? 
There's a lot. It depends on every week, right? There's always a new harvest, but simply I just order the best. So I call my vendors and I see what's freshest and what's the best. And we've we've never bought a red delicious and brought that to catch again. I think there's plenty of that. So we're always about the freshest. So whatever's the freshest, that's what we buy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it has to be hard, crunchy, juicy, come down your face, that type of thing. And I am, um, it's I'm, I'm so glad that you're here today, Nicole, because you know Dave is always talking about what's going on in the governor's office, and one of the big. Um, initiatives the governor has is the People's First um, initiative that he put together and he's got all sorts of different committees and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought food security was one piece of that puzzle. It, food security doesn't fall uh, under People First. People First is uh, uh, um, housing, missing and murdered indigenous people, housing, homelessness, domestic violence. It's it's those things. Uh, the food security uh, is more agribusiness focused, like mariculture that you guys have in abundance in Southeast. There was a big land sale that DNR put out for ag land that received far more interest and higher bids than what they were projecting. And and I, I think it's all. Uh, as Nicole knows, a byproduct of, of COVID. You know, food supply and supply chain management uh, in many respects continues to be a nightmare because right. everybody is, is trying to get the highest quality that's available that can be delivered within, especially with produce. You know, there's only a, a window <laughs> that you've got to operate in and then that that beautiful uh, apple or cantaloupe or what have you is now just uh, two days on a grocery store shelf and then it's, it's unsellable and that that is, I mean, we're, we're not going to have an enormous strawberry harvest. Uh, well, maybe maybe strawberry more than we have now, but none of those, no pineapples or mangoes or any of that sort of fruit up here. But most certainly, if we'll we can have that expand, tomorrow. You should come to catch again. We'll have both. Really? <laughs> we, and we they're good. A fruit salad, or are we making daiquiris? Because I'm down for either. Items. Either. <laughs> Probably both. Oh, you know what? Speaking of produce, I just uh, showed Tracy Brown here at the station a picture of my friend who lives in Utkiavik. And he said they made their annual pumpkin investment. And this was just a normal, I would say, not small, but not huge, just an average-sized pumpkin. Guess how much they paid? All right, we'll let Dave go first. How much do you think they paid? Oh, let's see. So it's, if, if it was $0.69 cents a pound in Anchorage for uh, a carving pumpkin, it's probably 3 bucks a pound. So $30 for a carving pumpkin, if it was 10 pounds? Three forty-nine a pound, and the pumpkin costs $46.19. Oh, my gosh. And all they're going to oh do God. is carve it? Well, no, because he, was ha- he said he was in shock <laughs> and having heart palpitations, and his wife assured him that after they carve it and display it, then what they'll do is they'll bake the seeds and store those for later. And then I hope... Yes, you can throw them out after Christmas because nobody eats big pumpkin seeds. <laughs> well, and then what I, I hope they do, what I do, is I carve the entire outside of the pumpkin mm-hmm. into little cubes, and then you boil it uh, in a big pot of water for uh, literally like an hour or something, and then you throw it in your food processor, and then um, you can leave the skin on or off, your choice, but just, you know, you cook it until it's real soft, and then it comes up with this pumpkin puree. That's really, really good. And then what I do is I uh, then add basically my own version of pumpkin pie spice. And then then I, I put it in, uh, you know, like a big baggie or whatever, and then make pumpkin bread, pumpkin pie, whatever. You know, it's just me now. But when I had Smoothies. my girls, yeah, at home, yeah, it was awesome. And it, super healthy and then I never felt like I was wasting the pumpkin plus all of those little those little uh, uh, 
kids that, you know, it, my pumpkin isn't on the porch long enough for kids to come and throw it in the street and smash it, which I'm obviously not an advocate of. <laughs> no, we throw our used jack-o'-lanterns in the backyard and then the moose come in. We have a beautiful little nature show for three days, and that's about it. That's yeah, cool, we haven't actually. Even gotten our that's very cool. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I'm. I'm now terrified because we will wait until the Friday or Saturday of, and it will be e- either feeble or far more expensive than what I'd like, and I will be tasked with creating art out of a lump of pumpkin clay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of where you know, just kind of talking on the food tangent that we're on, um, something that piqued my interest over the weekend was this uh, impending uh, diesel gas shortage which is rather alarming. Um, has the governor got that on his radar at all? I mean, because that affects a ton of stuff for definitely for Alaska in terms of, you know, getting the food to where it needs to get on the barge to come up. Well, I, I do know that, that there was a, a, a fuel supply company that there were some concerns about their ability to deliver uh, uh, heating oil to western Alaska. I have not seen... I've not seen that story about a, a diesel supply problem um, this morning. It's entirely probable that I missed it. Um, it was that was is that exclusive to Southeast, or was this a a, a larger story that you're picking up on? Uh, that what they're saying is that the diesel supply nationwide nationwide is down to 25 days worth. Oh, well, yeah, because when you don't want to domestically produce energy and you have the state of California going through all of their 20-some-odd boutique fuel blends that they do twice a year and completely screw up West Coast uh, uh, fuel production and delivery, you, you create this nightmare, and and absolutely, that that's where we are right now. Uh, you know, if... If your if your plan is I'm not going to take a job and I'm going to spend savings and just use more of my savings and not get a job, pretty soon you're going to be in worse shape than you are right now. And so for the the American energy policy is we're going to issue leases but not permits to drill on the leases. We're going to continue to tap in our savings that is the petroleum the strategic petroleum reserve and then have the market do what they can with more limited supply and then be surprised where farmers, heavy equipment operators, uh, uh, ferry and other operators are going to run into either higher costs, which we've seen for two-plus years, and more limited supply, which feeds the higher costs. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. Not to be terribly political, but is this what people envisioned? Well, and I will tell you this, for all of transparency, you know, this is a story that has been in various news outlets. You know, this is just not like a Fox News deal. Uh, It's been on Bloomberg, MSN, the whole nine yards. And so what they're saying is uh, uh, diesel stockpiles in the U.S. are reportedly at their lowest point since 2008 with only enough fuel for a 25-day supply and demand. Right before the Christmas holiday peak of, of the transportation system right mm. yeah totally right mm-hmm. and so that 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 obviously kind of piqued my 
uh, it just piqued my attention, just knowing how the supply chains work in, in here in Alaska, it, not to mention down south. I mean, mm-hmm. oof. Well, the, the reefer tractor trailers that are haul- that are taking the coals of produce from, from farms on the west coast in Mexico uh, in, in an expedited manner to get to shipping outlets, to get to, to, to her uh, uh, to her facility and then to be sold and distributed, etc. What do you think a more limited diesel supply is going to be? There's going to be less frequency in those trucks. The the cost of the produce and the transportation costs that she has are going to go up. Yep. And we're supposed to be told, you know, if we install more solar panels, this will fight it. None of that is based on science or supply chain management uh, strategies. No, no, I agree. And I, it's, it, you know, the, the, I sometimes wonder about myself because the amount of news that I read on a, on a daily basis is just gargantuan. <laughs> so I pick up on all these weird stories, Nicole, and then I throw them in, at Dave and say, hey, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? You know, that's not... And I can't just keep saying, well, that's a dumb idea that somebody had. But I, I mean, just about every energy cost story that you come up with was somebody's really dumb idea over the past two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then the other interesting thing that I read that totally wasn't on my radar. So every Sunday morning on the Chamber's Facebook page, I put out a little tidbit for people to read. It's not like this long thesis, just something that I think might be interesting to the business community. And one thing I put out this past Sunday morning came out of KTOO in Juno was the national labor shortage uh, and how it is affecting tugboats. And so there's another supply chain kind of transportation kind of deal affecting uh, Alaska, you know, other places, I'm sure. Tugboat crew members, uh, state ferry uh, uh, crew members. I mean, maritime, there are are enormous opportunities for maritime jobs and and limited availability of of the the labor necessary to safely operate uh, a maritime, whether it's passenger or uh, freight-driven system. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's why I'm I'm always very happy that my daughter is uh, going into is going to be a welding inspector. She already has uh, some of her welding certification, very so cool. I, uh, she is my retirement plan. Exactly. So there, <laughs> if, if every family has one member of their family that goes into the trades, uh, you will have done your part. So I've done Good mine. Point. Good point. Very cool. Well, hey, happy Halloween. I'm stacked with guests today. I always love talking to you, and we'll talk again next week, all right? Uh, it it will be, be Halloween. for that big-ass apple in, uh, in, in the mail. What's that? <laughs> I'll see uh, what I can do. <laughs> all right. Talk all right. to you later, ladies. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's fun. Big ass apple coming out of the governor's say that you on air. The, you should have seen the look on Nicole's face, everyone listening. <laughs> I was like, can we say that? Okay, here we go. That is one word that you can say. It's generally not what people use, uh, particularly coming out of the governor's office. But Dave is a former broadcaster, so I, I trust him Only in Alaska. implicitly, right? Right. So you guys, speaking of, um, that was a perfect tee up. You've got big news coming out of Wolf Point. Yes, we are so excited. We have a brand new location. We are located on um, 2nd Avenue now, right across the street from Rendezvous Thrift Store. And we are in the lower level of Presbyterian Church. Still on Tuesday, still 12 to 6. So that's tomorrow. 
Nice. And so you guys made that move uh, because I believe, are they selling your old location? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's what I heard through the grapevine. And so you, but you know, to me, that seems like a natural place for you guys to go. A, there's parking, there's easy access. It's very central. And um, aren't they doing a food pantry there already? A different concept, obviously. Correct. But don't they do a, a Presbyterian church food pantry on, on Fridays? Fridays at noon. Yeah. 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 And then that's perfect because we already donated to them anyway. So any leftover produce, we can just simply leave it there for the um, needy low income to show up on Friday and they just simply line up and first come first serve. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to know what's what's in what's in the box. What's going to be at the market this week? Well, we'll have the Lucy Rose apples which we're so excited about. Probably the big thing we're excited about tomorrow is persimmons. Ooh. And I didn't even know what a persimmons was until actually last year. Orla's daughter, um, Bella, she's like, you guys need persimmons. And I had to Google it. I didn't even know what they were. I don't were. even know what they are. They look like a tomato, but the taste, people are asking me, what does a persimmons taste like? I would almost say spicy. It's like spicy and sweet. It's definitely not citrus, but it's it's like once you have one, next thing you know, you have five. So... It's just, it's probably now my favorite fruit, and we've ordered a whole bin of them. So is it like a cinnamon spice, or is it like a red hot chili pepper spice? Cinnamon. Oh, so it's very autumn-y. Yes, um, if that's the best way to describe it. I've been trying all week to figure out how to describe a persimmons, but you just got to try it. Yeah. All right. Okay, so wonder, I wonder out there, because, you know, we have so many... <clears throat> just so talented culinary folks here in Ketchikan. wonder what you do with a persimmon. Right. A lot of people bake with them. I personally just eat them like an apple. Um, They're great in smoothies. They're great for baking. I know Julie um, Jam, I call her Julie Jam. She processes a lot for jams, jellies, and pies. I believe she makes an incredible persimmons pie. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. And you know what, everyone? All the maker's markets are right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And so I got to pull, I always, I've got to denigrate one myself all right so here we go mary merchants and munch you need to sign up right now people right now (laughs) because last year uh it starts thanksgiving week and it goes through the week of december 20th that's the cutoff date and last year in four weeks Ketchikan spent $752,500 in the 65 merchants and restaurants that are participating. And there's all sorts of people. And, you know, like Bodden Street Brewing, they participated last year. Um, Then you've got uh, places like uh, Bar Harbor Restaurant. And then you've got Dockside Galley. Uh, The Apothecary is, is a new participant this year. Credit Union One is participating, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure what they're doing. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Go in and buy a savings bond. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. That's it a great could gift. be. It could be. You know, they have a big charity program over the holidays. It could be that they're going to work it if you go and make a donation to whatever charity. Mm. I, I I have a suspicion that maybe it, but she has not told me that. But listen, you can do it. All right, now here's the pricing uh, because we had to print and reprint and reprint again the punch cards last year because of the demand. And so we had, I had no choice. This is not like a moneymaker 
for the chamber. This is supposed to be about driving local business. And so I had to up the price. So if you're a chamber member, it's $100. If you are not a chamber member, it's $150. And the reason the reason I price it that way, Nicole, is because when I do the math, we prorate our dues, right? Mm-hmm. And when I do the math for people, it's oftentimes cheaper for them to just join the chamber than to pay the 150 Hmm. That's great. Yeah. So a, a lot of people Get say, some new oh, memberships. oh, I think I'll just join the chamber. That makes more sense. And so, exactly. yeah. And a lot of the merchants last year, they're like, that was the best four weeks. Now, granted, they're coming off COVID, right? Um, but they said that was like the best four weeks of the entire year in terms of, of sales for them. Right. Um, I think this will just be another strong boost after mm-hmm. coming off of tourism. If, if a business is, you know, kind of tourist related. Right. Um, but anyone can participate. The other thing that we did this year is last year, and this is this is based on the feedback from the business community. Um, but last year, each punch was uh, ten dollars, and ten punches you you fill your card and then you turn it in, and you're entered to win two one of two five hundred dollar gift cards or two round trip tickets on Alaska Airlines. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, they wanted the punches to in each individual punch to go up to twenty dollars. So if someone came and bought a box from you, Mm -hmm. that would be two punches, right? Cool. Right? Is yeah. that, am I correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they would get two punches, or they came and shop at the, the, the farmer's market version of Wolf Point. Then they could get however many punches they buy. Uh, so guys, you know, you look for those posters. They'll be going up Thanksgiving week. and you, But you need to sign your business up now. Now. Because for me to be able to market correctly and make sure that your business is promoted, I need to know now. And so that's really, really important because each week there's three weeks of full-size uh, inserts that are in, are in the Catch Can Daily News. Mm. And it lists, every, it lists every single store and restaurant that are participating. And so last year, it kicked off, and there were a couple of stragglers that came in. I said, fine, you can participate, but you've missed the, you know, the press. ad debt. You've yeah. missed the press. Uh, so it's, it makes no difference to me, but if I wanted to get in on all of the press we're doing, I'd be, and there's tons of people like, hey, hey, sign me up now. Sign me up. Don't forget. So anyway, there's my, there's my segue. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So can you give us any sneak peeks about some of the other stuff you might be bringing in for the holidays so people can plan their cooking? Yeah. um, So we shifted completely from summer to fall. So fall is all about great apples, squash, um, obviously persimmons is number one. Citrus comes on board right around the holidays. You have your small, I call them the Christmas oranges, your tangerines, your mandarins. Um, So that is all of our amazing winter produce. Obviously, it gets a little bit more narrow, but the quality is still good, which leads me into thanking Ketchikan. You know, we have some of the of all of Ketchikan supporting our business. Michelle, we've now been in business for two years. Yay, awesome. (laughs) Which is phenomenal. And we just have these regulars. We have some that have never missed a market. And some weeks my markets are like a little bit on the smaller side, maybe five tables and not 10 in January. But um, they're still there. And they're there, they're excited and they still support us. And so I'm all about buying local. and just supporting, you know, the small business in Ketchikan. So thank you, Ketchikan. Thank you always for being there for our family, our business at Wolf Point Produce. Obviously, we could not be here without you. Now, aren't you aren't you doing business with other local businesses? Don't you have businesses yeah. that are buying your produce as as 
you know, kind of their overall plan. Yeah. So we supply a lot of the restaurants in town. And then weekly, we buy from Ketchikan Evergreens. And we put Ketchikan Evergreens into New chamber member. Oh, good. I was wondering about that. Um, Into our market. And then Ketchik Courier delivers. And they're up to like 40 deliveries for me on a Tuesday, which is a lot. So that is phenomenal. And they're also nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year. Yes, they are. Yes, which they is are. very exciting. So every week we have those two businesses. And then during the week, we always supply to Just Dandy. We supply to Barn Door. We supply to AJ's. We supply to 108. We supply to um, Bar Harbor. Um, even some of the bars. 49er and Totem Bar, they use our lemons and our limes, oh, you all. Nice. So make sure when you get a drink, you use that lemon and lime because it's Wolf Point. Um, so, yeah, it's just we buy from the community. The community buys from us. It's like this beautiful full circle thing. And we are launching this week. We're so excited to have our five-week subscription campaign at Wolf Point Produce. We're focusing on our beautiful boxes. They get us through the winter. Our boxes are always $50, $50 plus tax. And then um, it's typically nine to ten items in a box. And it's typically seven items of fruit because we're predominantly fruit. And then three items of veg. And if you're a single person, a lot of my um, single ladies, single men, they just split it with somebody else. And so you can do weekly subscription. You can do every other week. You can do pickup or you can have catch a courier deliver for a phenomenal rate. Um, Five dollars for in town. So we can deliver to you at work or at home if you live in city limits or out of city limits. It's only ten dollars. And we go from Herring Cove to Knutson Cove. I mean, so we do the entire island for ten bucks. That's that's really cool. I yeah, I, <laughs> I, my pets love Wolf Point Produce. I mean, I do too. <laughs> Those are some spoiled pets. Yeah, I love they it. are because they all they eat are apples. Well, I mean, they eat dog food, but but they love the apples, the carrots, and the blueberries. That, that's their. We don't do like picky pets begging strips anymore because Why? Stone Tree was like. Uh, Jack eats a lot of bacon. <laughs> he might want to pull back a little Jack. bit. <laughs> yeah. 37 pounds is really big for a pug. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's bigger than my two-year-old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. So this is exciting news. So now you're doing your subscription campaign. What does that mean? Does that mean that if I sign up for the entire winter, there's some something that goes along with that or how's that work exactly so I called my girlfriends and I'm like okay I'm doing my subscription campaign what can you donate and of course they're donating to me and then I said I want to donate back to you so you'll be seeing Wolf Point Produce um, boxes pop up as giveaways throughout these businesses too but we're going to start it off with Just Dandy Larissa has donated $50 this week so any new Wolf Point subscriber and how you do it is you just go to www.wolfpointproduce.com you scroll all the way to the bottom of the home page and it will say subscription and then you sign up for your fruit box which is weekly or bi-weekly and then pick up or delivery um, we're going to do a drawing a week from today so it's next Monday um, for Just Dandy and then we're going to go into Simply Bella's donated $50 and 108 and Bar Harbor's donated $50. Heavenly Creations donated $50. So we're going to rotate them every week and have a drawing weekly. So we'll do five drawings. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about something else. <clears throat> going back to, to single ladies. Um, <laughs> what happens if I hate all my neighbors, which I don't. I love my neighbors. And so, like, there's no one for me to split my box with. Um, could I tell you, like, take half half the stuff out of my box and donate it or Mm -hmm. um are there fruits or vegetables in there that would be like suitable for what i was telling you like i Mm -hmm. do with pumpkins um Mm -hmm. are there definitely 
Yeah, people get our boxes and from that they create their weekly menu, you know. So like this week in a box, I'll just read to you what we have um, going into our boxes for tomorrow. You have avocados, you have bananas, you have apples, you have squash, butternut squash, grapefruit, Asian pears, orange cauliflower, grape tomatoes, purple carrots. I wonder if your pug would like that. And then a mini watermelon, because why not? We're still in summer. I mean, look at today, Michelle. I mean, you can almost suntan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we I'm have a mad little bit that of summer. I didn't sign up for a box. You can still sign up. Oh. You can sign up until tonight at midnight. We don't. The only rule with our beautiful subscription boxes is please don't sign up on Tuesday. It's just basically a clerical error because then we have to pull our reports from Tuesday, which we don't. So you sign up with your new subscription boxes on onepointproduce.com from Wednesday to Monday. But within the box, you create your meal. So you're like, you know what, Michelle, you sit down with your pug and you're like, how are we going to eat our butternut squash this week? How are we going to eat our orange cauliflower? And I personally think if I was single, I could figure out how to eat two avocados in two weeks, five oh. bananas in two weeks, four apples in two weeks, one squash in two weeks, two grapefruit in two weeks, etc. So it's not an abundance of fruit. My personal single self could probably eat this in one week. <laughs> um, I mean, it's four apples, so it's not a lot. Then you're bing, bing, bing. So what I would do is I would bake off half of that squash. Yeah. The way that I want with all of the butter and the this and the that and the that. Right. Yeah. I would. So I would I would slice it in half and I would do one half for for my own consumption. And then but then I would bake the other one with absolutely nothing on it. Scoop it out. Puree it up. Because pumpkin and those kind of things mixed in with dog food is very, very good for them. And the other funny story I have to tell you is um, watermelon is very interesting. Okay. So you can give that to your dog. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But they were so confused. (laughs) I tried just once over the summer. I I gave them, like, a little piece. And they they were, like, looked at me like, what in the world? What is this? This is not. No, this is. But, yeah, they would love the purple carrots. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's the Frenchie that tends to play with her carrot for, like, 10 minutes before she eats it. I mean, they can play with the mini watermelon and be like a big ball, right? No. Okay, no. (laughs) No. No. No, I would probably slice it up now that they know what it is. And I like watermelon, too. So, you know, again, going half and half, you know, half half to mom and the other half to the two most spoiled dogs. And catch a kid. Yeah, probably pretty, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. All right, so sign me up for a box. I want a box. Perfect. I definitely do. So, um, two years. Yeah, two years and two years because of catch a can. I mean, it's phenomenal. It, it, did you ever imagine that it would grow like this two years ago? Because it was kind of like this big experiment, right? It was a complete big experiment. Um, Caleb said, let's start a trade show on the island because we're coming from a trade show background. We ended up finding a vendor that could sell us 40 cases of apples to fit on one pallet. If we're And we're like, we can't just bring up three. I mean, we got to fill a pallet. So let's go in 40. And I went to all the neighbors on um, Fairhaven Lane and I simply said, you guys, this is either going to go great or bad. We're all going to be eating apples all winter. So I just ordered 40 cases. Haven't tried them or anything, but I just told them about Ketchikan's quality. We only want the best. Don't send us your seconds. Don't send us your sloppy thirds. Give us your best. And I just let my vendors know we can't fly down weekly, so I need your eyes and ears. And I make them walk through the warehouse. I make them eat an apple on the phone. I have to hear it. And you can tell an apple, like if it's a crunch or if you can't hear it, it's just a mushy apple. And we 
we don't need that in it's Ketchikan. It's a pie apple. Exactly. That's a pie apple. I want to let you know, um, Ketchikan, uh, the, the, for me, there, I don't, I, it's just me. I don't do pies, right, anymore, mm-hmm. unless it's like the Rotary Interact Pie Auction. Another then you plug, turn it up. Yeah. Right? Then, I'm, then I'll make a pie. Um, but those soft apples, they're fine for the dogs, too. <laughs> Back to the dogs. Well, now, listen, I, I really think it would be really, really beautiful on a plate to do like a nice piece of fish or, or chicken or something yes. like that with that purple cauliflower. Mm-hmm. And some ketchikan evergreens on the side. Yes. Obvious. Yes. So good. Yeah, no, he, they're doing amazing. Uh, I just think it's wonderful to see how people, I, it, I've always told people, like, when I was at, at other chamber conferences, they're like, well, what, what did you see, you know, kind of during COVID? We know Ketchikan was really affected, and there were some other communities mm-hmm. there. Um, For sure. Did you see a ton of businesses just completely close up and go away forever? And I said, you know, not really. I actually, I can't remember, um, and I've only been in Ketchikan for going on 14 years now, but I I can't remember a huge number of new innovative businesses, right. small businesses starting up. Right. So many um, at one time. We thrived. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And someone said to me the other day, and I completely agree, um, that they think it's really cool because there are so many young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There are so many young entrepreneurs, and, mm-hmm. and so the, the graying of the businesses, and I'm not just saying this is bad. You've got Scanlon. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary. Incredible. Right? But at some point, and I'm not saying Scanlon, so don't start any rumors out there, uh, but people will w- want to retire. Right. And so we've kind of got like this new guard of people popping up with all these different businesses like Just Dandy. I mean, that's pretty cool. The distillery. Um, you've got all sorts of different businesses popping up. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Speaking of young entrepreneurs, I had the privilege two weeks ago um, to go to Allegra's class. And she teaches the entrepreneurship class at the high school and teach these seven um, amazing high schoolers that honestly could choose to be in study hour but they chose to learn about entrepreneurship and these people have ideas um these are the youth of ketchikan and i always think ketchikan is such a great place to start your own business because simply if we don't have it here you can bring it here and the community embraces you the community loves local business so i told them it's a great place to start their business um because you have the support of the town yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Hey, speaking of young entrepreneurs, we're hoping, I'm not sure, uh, sometime in the next couple of minutes, five minutes, another young entrepreneur, Emilio Torres, also a new member of the chamber. Uh, remember his film, The Ladder? Oh, correct. Yeah, yep. I want to see that in a couple uh, weeks. Yep, November, November 5th, 4th. they're okay, doing fifth. a screening. And so he's going to call in <clears throat> and talk a little bit about that. And that's Perfect. another example. You know, he was doing kind of a fundraising deal uh, a while back. Gosh, it almost, I don't know, I've lost track of time. But, man, the community came out in force. and They do. And just gave him exactly what he needed and then some to get this in all these film festivals and everything else, which... They've won many of them. That's incredible. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It, yeah. Yo, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And of course, I love it, not only because it's a young person that did this wonderful work of art, but the whole thing was filmed directly below my house. Oh, my goodness. And inside my neighbor's house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's like, ah, hey, that's my front yard. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So, hey, now that you know where I live. <laughs> Call first before you come over. <laughs> well, you might get candy if you can do the 60 stairs, right? 
No. Okay. <laughs> Trick or treat. Here, have a pug. No. Oh. <laughs> have half my wolf point box. No. No. <laughs> Too funny. So what else are there? Uh, if, so if someone, for example, you know, they pick up on this on the podcast tomorrow and they're like, darn, I missed. Can they, are, you're still doing the, the, the market, right? Where people can come pick and choose. Correct. Yeah. So on Tuesday, if you do not have a box, please come. We still have an incredible farmer's market. We typically have about 10 tables, 10 eight foot tables. So 80 feet of farmer's market. It's incredible. Um, Every week I say I'm not going to buy so much and then it's probably even bigger. So just come and you can shop, you know, a la carte. People even pick up their boxes and kind of add to it. Ketchikan Evergreens is not always in our box. So you can add your evergreens on top and you can just go through the market and get um, a little of this, a little of that. And so that's a great way to do Wolf Point also. You don't have to come in with a box. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so and can you give us a sneak peek what's going to be at the market tomorrow? Everything I just said, but the biggest thing is our persimmons. I mean, I've never even seen a watermelon bin of persimmons. So we are going to be persimmon this, persimmon that. And then, of course, all the new apples. We'll have the Lucy Rose there. Um, we're going to have a fresh crop of Honeycrisp that was just picked also. Yay, I think that's Emilio. Okay, perfect. Good morning. You are on First City Forum. Hello, First City Forum. This is Miguel Torres. Hey, Miguel. How are you? Thanks for calling in. We're really excited. Nicole Tabay's here from Wolf Point Produce, and we're talking about the upcoming screen, screening Excuse me, of the ladder. So tell us more about that. We're excited. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. I was simply wondering if uh, my, my offspring had called in yet. Um, and if he had called in, I was going to wait for him to do that because he said he was going to. But in the meantime... Well, guess what, Miguel? If, if the, the, We have really great technology here at the Catch Can Radio Center, so if you are occupying the phone line, <laughs> he won't be able to call in. <laughs> I got you. I'm going I'm to make this I'm gonna make this very quick, and then I'll let him call in. Um, yes, we, we want to provide an, an opportunity for families to come down to the Discovery Center on November 5th mm-hmm. to watch the public premiere of The Ladder, which is a wonderful 15-minute short film that was filmed in Ketchikan, Alaska. And I just wanted to reach out. And But I will get off this wonderful phone because I know... He's calling in right now. Calling in. He's calling right. in right I'll now. See you later. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Good morning. You are on First City Forum. Hi there. This is Emilio. Hey, Emilio. I just had to kick your dad off the line. <laughs> and Nicole from Wolf Point Produce is here, too, in the studio. I just, uh, he's like, well, I, I was going to call in and we'll wait for him to call in. I'm like, no, you won't, because we have a lot of technology here at the Catch Can Radio Center, and there's only one phone line. So, so you're the star of the show right now. So you've got the big screening coming up on November 5th. and But you're trying to do something else to go along with that screening. Tell folks what that's all about. Yeah, hi there. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what introduction there was per se, but um, I made a film, a, a short film shot in Ketchikan last summer. And this has kind of been a culmination of my time going to film school and kind of my dream of being a feature film director. And the film itself is called The Ladder, and it takes place in Ketchikan and features, you know, Ketchikan locations and some significant Ketchikan players. And it's always been my dream to bring a full feature film production to Ketchikan. So it was always my intention when I made the shorter film version that it was going to serve as a proof of concept or a pitch for the longer 
version. Um, so basically what I'm trying to do with this screening is I'm trying to, you know, premiere publicly the film for those who haven't had a chance to see it yet, whether at one of our international film festivals or we also offered the film to people who contributed to our fundraising campaign. So if you didn't get a chance to see it through either of those routes, now it's going to be publicly available for everyone. And kind of my intention is to show this film, but also package it with the context of like, and then here is my other idea, which I have a full length feature screenplay for the film. Um, and basically try to engage with Ketchikan business owners and investors to invest in this film as, as a real production. Um, I, I see for, for our project, for myself, you know, the ability to, to raise a budget, and that could be somewhere in the hundred dollars to $250,000 range, um, and that would allow us to make you know, a real quality feature film in Ketchikan, um, and I think it'd be something that'd be really exciting for the community to be involved in. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. So tell me, okay, when you, just color me dumb, but I have to ask. All right, so you make the full-length film, which would be like well, about an hour and a half. Let's just call it that. Seems yeah. to be typical. Um, where would it show? Is this going to be like a, a Netflix thing? Is it going to be in our local, or, you know, I'm going to go to the AMC theater somewhere in Des Moines and see this? How how's this work? Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, in the current landscape for um, the movie industry, there's lots of different um, avenues that future film production can go through. Um, Probably the most common, and you kind of mentioned this right now, is sort of the straight-to-streamer route. And that's whether people independently release it on something like Amazon Prime or they try to sell it to a streamer. Um, Somehow this film will be seen by a streaming company and then be purchased. That would be great. It would be an awesome opportunity, you know, to tell your friends who aren't from Ketchikan, hey, just go on Netflix and watch this movie. But obviously that's not always in our control. Um, and so another route um, or strategy to get the film out there is just like you said, is to do a, a theatrical run where we can release it in local theaters and try to just get screen screenings on our own. Um, and then the other way, too, that's is that, cool. you know, if, if we don't necessarily do the theater route or the streamer is to just, yeah, release it in our own <laughs> homegrown way. I'm sorry, we're going to say something. We're going to ask something. No, she was saying, Nicole was saying, that's so cool. But yeah, so yeah, because there there is a strong independent theater Mm -hmm. uh, circuit around the nation. And so, you know, you hear a lot of films that are uh, limited release, uh, New York, L.A., you know, Miami, blah, 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 uh, before they roll out to other locations. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, well, so, and, and really, um, it's kind of a multi-step process, which is why, you know, I want to get the community involved with this and, you know, almost give access to, to people catch a can to the film regardless, but um, to get screenings at these independent theaters or to even get noticed by some of these bigger companies, you kind of need some credibility, and one of the ways you get credibility is to win awards or get selected for Um, you know, prestigious film festivals. And so what's great is with the short film, we've already screened at multiple film festivals, have won multiple awards. So I think it kind of proved itself as a concept. Um, But we probably would still do a festival run for the feature version. You know, we would submit to festivals, hopefully get selected, have it screened there. And then a lot of times with festivals, you can get critical acclaim, you can get an award, and then that will get you the attention that, you know, a theater will want to screen your film or even maybe potentially, you know, Netflix, Hulu, wherever would, would be interested in buying your film. So like Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sundance, Tribeca, 
Um, these are all film festivals we would be submitting to. And, you know, a lot of recent movies that I think people are aware of had that same trajectory. I, I think because it's also about fishing, I mentioned Coda to people. Coda won Best Picture at the Oscars, and that was an independent film that screened at film festivals and then got bought by Apple TV. And then they, you know, within the year, won the Best Movie Award at the Oscars. And so, you know, that's, that's my dream for, for the latter and for, for Ketchikan. But um, there's just so many different ways for a film to be successful, especially in the current market for movies. Oh, absolutely. There's so many more avenues in which a filmmaker and a film can become successful, whereas before it was like... AMC theaters are nothing, you know, that was it. But now, you know, with people streaming and having all these different avenues, I, I think that opens a lot of doors. Does this mean with a with a full-length feature, you would come back to Catch Can and have to film again? Yes, exactly. So wow. obviously when we, made the, when we made the short film, that was just, um, you know, a few days of shooting, really, um, and then made it into a 15-minute short film. So we'd be looking to make, yeah, a 90-minute or more feature-length movie. So that's going to be, you know, a more significant project. But the idea would be, you know, we're getting a bigger budget and getting more involvement. You know, the, the, the script would involve all of Ketchikan. And there'd be opportunities for, for people to get involved either, you know, literally in the film or whether they want to contribute to the film. And I really want the film to, to I often say this for short, and I would feel this even more with the feature. Like, it's my sort of love letter to Ketchikan. I want to capture oh. the sights and the moments that really make Ketchikan Ketchikan. Mm-hmm. And um, so it would definitely be a longer shooting process, and we would have to go back. Um, but, you know, it would be even better because I've had, I've had the time now to sort of, uh, you know, curate this, this story. <laughs> there goes right. the front yard again. No. <laughs> Maybe I'm your dogs teasing. can do a, a little Oh, that my dogs can do the cameo appearance, yes. right? No. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think that is so cool, and I think that's great. So remind people right now, okay, where can they get more information um, if they're interested in investing? And then also, how do they go about getting tickets for the November 5th screening here at the Discovery Center? Totally. So um, if you go on Facebook and you just look up the latter uh, 2020, 2021 short film, of course, mm-hmm. it's 2021 because we shot it last year. Um, it's a public Facebook page. We have about 582 likes on that page, from mainly from Ketchikan uh, mm-hmm. residents. Um, you can find it pretty easily on Facebook. There, there's an RSVP link as well as an event, which has information about our screening, which is November 5th at the Discovery Center. Um, there's going to be a $5... Uh, contribution at the door just to get into the event, but it's going to be a screening. We're also going to be screening some other um, Alaskan short films from other Alaskan filmmakers um, as part of this little one-hour screening block with the latter. And then it's going to be followed by basically a reception where I'm going to be giving a presentation of uh, the feature film, and that's one of the days I'd be looking to get investors or people to get involved. Um, and and that, that's the easiest way. You also can always email us directly. Our email is theladderktn at gmail.com. And that goes to our team. And so if you have questions about the film, more, you know, more tangible questions, we can sort of respond to you directly that way. Yay. Awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you for calling in because I know you're at work right now. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> so we will so see you. See you on the 5th. Yeah. See you then. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh, isn't that cool? Very cool. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see I it. I can't believe you haven't seen it. It is unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. I can't and it wait. was so fascinating watching them film it. I bet. And I've actually been in films. Um, okay. 
the HBO film Recount was okay. filmed in Tallahassee when I was there. Um, and, you know, that was that whole deal with the chat, the hanging chads and, you know. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, Al Gore and the whole, no. Anyway, um, it, was, it was particularly fascinating to see the process because people, you know, they watch something and they think it just like, poof, appears out of nowhere. No, it's, it's actually a very methodical, slow plodding process. Um, to do that kind of a thing. And anyway, so long story short, we are running out of time. Nicole from Wolf Point and Emilio Torres from The Ladder were our guests today. I'm Michelle O'Brien with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce Business Matters Monday. If you are a chamber member and you'd like to be on the show, just shoot me an email, info at catchcanchamber.com. That'll do it for today. Anything else real quick, Nicole? See you guys tomorrow at the Presbyterian Church, 12 to 6. Thank Alrighty. you. Alrighty. Hey, have a great rest of your week. And thanks so much. Catch Can, you're amazing.